Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to What Makes Me Mad, a podcast where I discuss the things that make me mad. This is episode 124 of the podcast, the never-ending podcast series continues to go full bores, full steam ahead, no stopping for anybody, get out of my way. I'm going all the way to the top of the charts type of podcast, episode 124, and it's a special episode today, every episode is special, but I think today even has some more importance because I am doing a uh, little holiday special, you see, uh, if anybody is unfamiliar with Seinfeld, one of the holidays that is celebrated in it is Festivus, which Festivus is on December 23rd. And, uh, if I look at the laptop, it says that, uh, today's date is February 23rd. So that means it is Festivus. One of the things that I enjoy about the holiday of Festivus, uh, from the Seinfeld episode, is that one of the things that is fun about it is that it is the airing of grievances, is one of the things. You know, I was thinking about, I was like, well, what other things could I do for the Festivus, uh, occasion and unfortunately i think the only thing i can do is the airing of the grievances on this podcast because unfortunately feats of strength is not uh, a medium uh an audio medium and also to uh uh a metal pole being uh up in the corner is also not uh an audio medium but airing of grievances can definitely be uh an audio medium so i am excited uh, to come on here and discuss some of the stuff that makes me mad, but also do it in a way of airing the grievances. See, this is what's nice about having a podcast where you discuss the stuff that makes you mad. Because I can come on here and be like, oh, I'm also going to air the grievances. It ties in very well. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for me to have a cooking uh, podcast, but then have to try to air some grievances out there as well. It really wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but having a podcast where you discuss the stuff that makes you mad... And that way you can do it as an airing of grievances. Uh, it get it fits along like two peas in a pod, basically, you know. So I've got some stuff that I am ready to air some grievances about. And some of the stuff that makes me mad. Ties in all together perfectly. So I think one of the things that makes me mad, one of the things that recently made me mad, was I saw something where now it seems like universities for their final exams are not only doing requiring lockdown browser, but now they're also requiring a webcam as well too. So on a previous episode of the What Makes Me Mad podcast, I just do a dive deep dive in on why lockdown browser stinks. The episode's called Lockdown Let's Lock Away Lockdown Browser. I hate lockdown browser. I think it's a load of crap. I think it's dumb that you have to Uh, download something specifically to your laptop or computer so that way you can take an exam. Here's the thing. If you're doing the exam online, people are going to find a way to cheat. It's so stupid that whenever people seem to find a way around it, like, you know, they come up with creative ideas to help them out, professors got to be like, oh, well, no, we're going to have to do this now. It's like, if you're so worried about people cheating just host the exam in class. And if you don't want people to cheat, you just host it in class and you have people walk around. It's not that hard. You post it online, 
people are going to find a way to cheat. It's so stupid now because I saw one on a UWW uh, bar stool where it was like the thing is not only requiring lockdown browser, but it's also requiring a webcam. So if anyone's unfamiliar with lockdown browser, it's just basically that uh, the quiz will take up the full screen. You can't open up any other tabs. You're specifically on that quiz. So that way you can't open up another tab and Google the questions basically. But obviously uh, most people have a smartphone or if they're taking it, you know, outside of class, they can, you know, look at their book and all that stuff. But now with seeing the webcam being added to it, it's like, what, are we going to accuse someone if they look down uh, occasionally or if they, it's just so dumb. It's like, if you're so worried about just putting class, now it's like you have this webcam as well too. So what, you're staring completely at the test the entire time guess what when i take exams sometimes i like to look around because it's like if i'm not focusing on stuff i just kind of look around maybe try to get my eyes off it and if i'm having if i'm on one of those things if i'm looking around it's gonna look like i'm cheating so it's just so stupid it's like this cat and mouse game where it's like oh we're so worried about people cheating if you're so worried about people cheating just post it online or like just have the it be in class or do an essay or something like that but this whole, like, we need to have, you know, a rigid structure and we got to have everyone, you know, it's like, what are you, do? what are you, a sheriff and a cop now where, like, you're walking around like, oh, yeah, you know, I know. We're it's like, guess what? People are going to find a way to, like, best out. And especially, like, in any other profession, like, you are allowed to look stuff up. You are allowed to ask help on stuff. Do you think if a doctor is performing surgery... That that guy is not going to be able to look at any tools, any Google, anything like that. And he just has to just guess. No, that's not how things go. If you're if you're like going into a procedure and a guy goes, yep, I'm about 95% sure I know this material. You're going to go, well, hey, buddy, what can we do to make you know that 100% of the material so that way I don't accidentally die? Do you think if a code, if you think if a construction worker is building a building and he goes hmm I'm not quite sure on the angle of this uh beam that I have to host up ah fuck it I'm just gonna guess and we're gonna go from there no he's gonna look it up and take the time for it I don't understand as a society why we have to you know test our smarts in like an hour like basically like well you know what or not it's like I know the material but sitting me down in a pressured situation where, like, I have to go little by little. If, prime example for this would be from the, if anyone's seen the movie Blindside, where uh, Michael Orr is walking through the high school and he's talking to the teachers, and that's how they give him the test, because they know, okay, he's not a good test taker, uh, but yet he knows the material when you hear him talk about it. That's how it should be. I hate this whole pressurized, you know, here's a bunch of questions, you have a certain amount of time, good luck. That's why I hate the ACTs. The SATs, like anything like that. I know the material like essays. I do good on because I'm allowed to take my time and write this stuff. If you just put people in a pressured situation, they're not going to do as well. So, and I know that in there are moments where in society you're going to have high pressured situations. But, name any other job where you're not allowed to look stuff up. Like, honestly, or like use Google or ask for assistance. That's just how it should be. Like, oh, okay, you know how to use your resources given to you. 
Honestly, if I was a professor and people weren't cheating, I'd be very confused. Like, okay, I'm get letting you use the open book. Just make sure that your answers are right. Like, that should be, like, part of the criteria right there. Instead of just being like, nope, you have to get the material right. It's like, that's not going to help anybody out. I would feel more confident going into an open heart surgery if a doctor had flashcards with them. And I went, hey, what are the flashcards for? And the guy goes, sometimes I forget about this stuff, but I have these flashcards here, and that's going to help me out. I'd be like, you want what? At least you're being honest, and you know you don't know it, but you know when to use your handicap. I would feel more concerned if the guy went, oh, yeah, I'm going to have about a 75% success rate on this. It's a passing rate, but it's a 75%. I'd be like, well, hold on there, Slim Joe, or Slimbo. Like, you know, what are we going to do here? Uh, Just, we don't need you to uh mess anything up here with my heart slim all right none of that okay just be smart about this stuff i just don't understand why it's like you have to memorize this like basically tests are just like oh you're good at memorizing material that's basically what it comes down to not even so much if you know it it's just are you able to regurgitate it onto this thing and like you don't know anything well that well and it just frustrates me because again i wasn't very good at taking exams but like essays i would be good at and i know like the material of the stuff but like for the act you put me down and it's like random questions that i don't know about and i have to answer them quickly like no one's gonna do good on that that's why it pisses me off with the act it's like i had an act of 19 there are probably kids that get perfect acts 36 all that jazz but guess what they fail out of college because they don't know like how to do the grind part of it you know they don't how to respond to adversity and stuff like that it's like yeah i have a 19 on an act you want to know what that shows it just shows that i got a 19 on this exam doesn't prove anything about my smartness doesn't prove anything about the grit that i have it's not going to prove anything about how hard i'm going to work in college and it's like you know if i was if i was a university i'd be like you want to know what no act score just you know what's your grade point average because i feel like grade point average is a better uh recommendation than uh you know uh than like the like the SATs and all that stuff. Just tell me your GPA. What clubs are you in? Do you work? You know all this stuff. Are you like a well-rounded human being? Because guess what? You have an ACT of thirty-six, but you don't do anything else. It's like, well, guess what? You're just born with the smarts, basically, and it doesn't show me anything. Not saying that anyone with the thirty-six can't survive college. Yes, you definitely can. But it's like this whole, oh, we're not gonna accept anyone with a score lower than a twenty-five. It's like, fuck you. I can clearly survive college. Like, I have been able to survive high school while also doing a sport and having a job and being involved in other clubs and activities that also take a part of my time. That's literally what college is. You go to college, you have you have less time actually in class, more free time, and that allows you to get the stuff done faster. But no, you have these big wig colleges that are like, you're, we're going to charge you $40,000 a semester. And you have to have an ACT of 35 and a grade point average of 5.0. And I don't even know if that exists. And you're going to, and like, what? What's the goal of it? I get out of college and I have the same degree as everybody else. Ah, oh, big deal there, Slim. Yeah, but my nickname I've been trying to come up with a little bit more. I think I've got to start calling people Slim more. I think that'd be a good one. But yeah, it's just this whole lockdown browser. I don't get it. It's dumb. And honestly, I would just encourage people, like, 
And especially, like, when you get into the workforce, you work with a lot of people. I would encourage people to take the test in a group, do it with other people, bounce answers off each other. Like, that's more of a real-life situation than it would be, okay, here's a sheet of paper. That's not how any job goes, and it frustrates the hell out of me. And a prime example of other things frustrating the hell out of me, and another thing I have to air my grievances on, is people not reading instructions properly and then not having the common sense as well, as well too with it. So I don't know if you guys heard or not, but there is a big, huge blizzard that's currently affecting a good amount of the United States right now. It's pretty self-explanatory. When a blizzard hits, if you have the means to just stay at home, just stay at home. It don't make a whole lot of sense to travel. It don't make a whole lot of sense to put kids in school. And I get, yes, there's first responders that have to go uh, and all that. But if you just have it, the ability, just work from home or cancel work. Do what you got to do. Just have people stay off the roads. It don't make sense to go work out or go get some fast food. Just, if you got the means, just stay at home, right? So, prime example of people not following instructions, right? One of the schools that I used to go to can't, uh, made an announcement on Facebook, hey, we are closing down on Thursday. It is supposed to be bad weather. We're supposed to get some snow. It is supposed to be cold. And it is supposed to get windy. It's just going to be treacherous. We're just taking the day off. And then you got weatherman uh, Willie over in the comments section going, Oh, I don't think it's going to be that bad. We're only supposed to get a couple inches. Well, weatherman Willie, did you not see in the post that it also states wind chill? Going to be very bad. Visibility going to be low like it's not just the snow aspect if some guy who commented was like did you not read the full post and it's like thank you at least have the wherewithal to look at the post and be like okay schools have canceled i will figure out my next step from here why have the schools canceled ah yes makes sense uh potential and the keyword here is potential it don't make a whole lot of sense to be like you want to know what let's go for it let's just err on the side of caution folks it don't make sense to be like, nah, we're going to deal with the weather once it happens. It's like, just take the precaution. Just shut it down for the day. God, it don't make sense to be like, nah, we got to push through with it. And it's like, you can, you could just figure it, just take the day and then assess the situation from there. Because it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to have a busload of kids get stranded or so somewhere and all that. It's just day before a holiday, let's just add in a little extra winter break for it. Not that hard, right? So, anyway, we then, uh, someone commented and was like, ah, did you read the full post? You would think they would go back and read the full post, and they must not have liked them getting ratioed or something like that, because they didn't respond back, but it's like, still, delete your comment, and it's like, bare minimum, okay, you didn't read the full post, you just saw we're projected to get two to three inches, and they canceled. I'd be like, alright, that's, you know, kind of interesting, but at the same time, hey, you don't want people traveling in it. I get it, makes sense. You know, just err on the side of caution, especially now. We have the technology, even for a day. It's not like we're doing this, like, pandemic style where everyone's virtual. It's like, no, nah, we're doing everything in class, you know, you know, like, all that stuff. We're just taking a day. Taking a day is not going to kill you. It's not going to make anybody fall behind. Now, all of a sudden, if it was like a couple weeks, hey, totally get that. But, you know, just a day it's not gonna hurt anybody and so you would think people would be like ah yes makes sense there's an impending snowstorm schools are gonna cancel let's go from here right 
and all that. But no, people are like, well, what do you mean you're canceling? It's like, come on. And then another thing that pisses me off, makes me mad, makes me want to air some grievances on, is what people wish for first responders and everything to have safe travels. People got to be snarky about that shit too. It's like, you don't like it, just move on with it. God damn, I saw something in the Quick Trip uh, fan appreciation group on Facebook where someone was like, hey, safe travel to all the Quick Trip workers out there that are having to brave and go through the snow and everything like that. That's all it is, right? Just a post like that. People are like, yep, God bless, you know, thank you, we appreciate you, all that. Except one snark douchebag was like, oh, thank you for working another day, and we're only supposed to get two inches anyway. Some blizzard, huh? I lived through this blizzard. It's like, dude, fuck off. Just because it's like you had it harder than other people doesn't mean their life has to be harder. This is just the moral of the story. It's going to be hard for people to make it to work. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. And it might even be treacherous. Like, literally, look at Ohio right now. Big, huge pile up on the turnpike out there. It actually killed somebody and injured a bunch more people. That's why we shut stuff down. And we don't want people to travel because we don't know how bad visibility could get in a second. I've been in situations where visibility, all of a sudden, it's good one moment. And then all of a sudden, it shrinks down to absolutely nothing. And it's pitch black. And you're like, oh, shit, what the fuck's happening as you're hitting a turn? It's It gets scary. And so that douchebag was like, oh, it's like, don't minimize this situation. We all know what's going to happen. We're going to get some snow. You know, it's going to be windy. The snow's going to drift. And it's going to be hard to see everything. That's why they're just telling people, hey, stay off the roads, and if you gotta go into work, you know, be smart. All that. That's all that you gotta do then is just be like, hey, totally understand it. I've been in this situation before. Totally get it. But no, guy's like, oh, we're only supposed to get a couple inches anyway. It's like, why do you gotta be such a douchebag? This is why I hate social media. It makes stupid people feel way too confident and way too arrogant about their ability to say dumbass shit without getting fist fought for it, basically. Like, if, if we were in a big group, and we were talking about an impending snowstorm, and I went, hey, Jackie, I know you're a nurse, safe travels, I know it's going to be hard tomorrow, but we appreciate you going into work. Jackie goes, oh, thank you, Carol, I appreciate it. And then Daryl over there decides to go, oh, it's not going to be that bad, just, you know, all this. Everyone would look at Daryl and be like, you're an idiot, why do you got to be a condescending douche about it? And so that just blows my mind that it's like, hey, all you got to do is just say, safe travels, move on with your day. But instead, you got everyone that thinks they're smarter than everybody else. And they're like, oh, well, actually, I think it's like, no, fuck off. You don't need to say what's on your mind sometimes. Do sometimes people make a big deal out of stuff? Sure. But it's like in a situation like this, and what I'm seeing right now, especially on the news too, it's like, it's stuff that we know with the blizzard and snowstorm. Travel's going to be tough. You know, if you can do it right, you know, you'll be all right. But some people don't do it right, and they go too fast, and, you know, they cause an accident, and that causes pileup. It's just all this stuff, and it's like, you know, if you just used a little bit of common sense, and everyone wasn't so arrogant, this world would be such a better place. And another thing that frustrates the shit out of me with social media, too. People that are back to ripping on David Bakhtiari again. So David Bakhtiari, all-pro left tackle for the Green Bay Packers couple years ago during a practice uh, before a week 18 game against the Chicago Bears blew out his ACL. The ACL, blowing out your knee ligament, is a potentially significant career 
hindering injury for a player. Some players react well to like uh, their surgery. You know, things get cleaned up, they bounce back, everything's good, right? Some guys, it's their career, it ends their career. You know, they're just not as explosive. All this stuff, right? Bakhtiari suffers it right at the end of the 2020 season. So a knee injury like that's going to take about a year to recover, if not more. So then Bakhtiari 2021 season uh, was unfortunately a struggle. Missed most of the, uh, I think, briefly got to play week 18. But then had knee issues with it flare up again. And then was unable to play in the playoffs. So that was two postseason runs that we missed out on Bakhtiari. And we're like, alright, you know, we get it. You know, knee issues, all that stuff. And there's moments where I get frustrated with it too. But you don't know what it's like for a guy, what he's going through and all that stuff, right? Everyone's knee is going to act different for it. And what doesn't help... What doesn't help in Bakhtiari's case is he got a big contract extension because, you know, he was durable, reliable, and all this. And then a couple weeks later, just randomly blows out. It's not like he wasn't taking care of his body or anything like that. Just freak injury. It happens, right? And then people got to start questioning his commitment to the game. All this. Is he just faking it? And all this jazz. And then you're thinking, okay, he should be back ready to go 2022 season. That, unfortunately, wasn't the case. They had to go back in, rework it, do a little bit of a surgery on it, clean some stuff up that they missed, trying to repair the knee. Because, again, you just gave this guy a big, huge contract. You want to keep him around for the long haul, right? Bakhtiari then uh, starts making his way back, makes a little bit of a comeback, comes in, does a great job. Unfortunately, he has the knee kind of flare up, so he has to miss a little bit of time in between. But after that... Seemed like he was coming back on his own. It was good for a couple weeks. All of a sudden, the notion that, oh, he should be cut, went to rest because all of a sudden, Packer fans were happy. When Packers fans are angry, they're the dumbest, irrational group of people I've ever met in my life. Bakhtiari then proceeds, you know, he's doing good, all that stuff. And then, unfortunately, his his appendix randomly ruptures. If you want to talk about an ACL injury being a random injury, an appendix bursting has got to be up there as well, too, with the most random could happen at any moment. It just happens. It's like nothing you've done wrong as a person. Just when your appendix decides it's time for it to bounce, it bounces. So Bakhtiari even tweeted, and he was like, wow, thought I was just kind of pulled something in my rib. And then all of a sudden, uh, the doctor's telling me that I have to go in for emergency uh, surgery on my appendix. It, it happens to people, and this is what frustrates the hell out of me. If anyone has ever had an appendix removed before, I luckily have not. hope I never have to experience that pain. But at the same time, it's one of those sneaky things where you think about it once in a while where it's like, man, I really hope my appendix doesn't give out on me tomorrow or something like that. Because it's very painful and it happens all of a sudden. Then you'd hate for it to happen at like a random moment. I wish it would kind of be like your wisdom teeth where it's like if there's like some surgery where it's like, well, let's just get it out before it starts causing you pain. But anyway. If anyone has had an appendix surgery, realize you realize that, oh, you're lined up for a couple days and, like, weeks and all that stuff, right? So you take a couple weeks and then you're able to come back. Bakhtiari's case, yeah, maybe he's able to get up, move around and stuff like that now. But they have to get him up to football playing shape. And as a lineman, you're constantly banging into somebody for 60 minutes. So you kind of want to make sure you're not doing any more damage that could potentially kill you. And so the doctors are being smart with this. Okay, let's take our time. And so Bakhtiari's back to missing time. And people are like, dude, what do you mean he's missing time? It's like, dude, 
Do you not understand how an appendix removal works? Do you not understand? And they're back to calling Bakhtiari a waste of a contract and all this stuff. And it's like, will you just look at the goddamn facts for two seconds? Yes, it's frustrating that Bakhtiari is making a bunch of money and he's out. Is it in his control? No! Most injuries are not in the guy's control anyway. And he just happened to have random, the two most random injuries a man could have. And this is what frustrates me as well, too. He comes back from the ACL injury. And he's clearly, like, went on the field and having no issues with the knee. And it appears that each, you know, time he's good and he's, like, getting healthy. He's been good. That's what blows my mind. So it's just like this, oh, when back, it should, people should be like, oh, when, you know, the potentially career-ending injury isn't flaring up on him, he's back to his old self. Okay, we could just kind of work with this a little bit. And then he just randomly has to get his appendix removed as well, too, because, you know, you can't control that as well, too. People should be like, oh, okay, once his appendix gets fully healed and, you know, he's back to good, ready to go, like, yeah, we're good. He Like, when healthy, he's an all-pro left tackle. It just makes sense. But instead, everyone's like, well, you know, this guy clearly stinks and he's injury-prone and all this, and it's like, Hey, yeah, yeah. If you'll just like literally just take two seconds instead of being like he's injured, what for now? You can't do anything about an appendix, and like that just it just frustrates me so much. Cause back like Bakhtiari clearly wants to be out there. He enjoys playing the game of football. Like every the Packers clearly understand. Like yes, he's one of the best left tackles in the game when he's healthy. He just had a knee a severe knee issue, and like you know. When he gets back out on the field, he's good to go. And he just randomly had an appendix burst. So then once that situation gets done, which it will get resolved at some point, you just have to have a little bit of patience, he'll be good to go. But people act like, oh, he's being coddled and all this. It's like, no, you have a career-ending in, or no, a potentially career-ending injury. And then you also have a random health injury that nothing you can do about. What is he supposed to do about it? And it just frustrates the hell out of me because people will stub their toe and they'll cry about it for two days. But when an all, but when a football player has an injury, it's oh he's not caring and all this other stuff. It's like ugh, they're a hundred times more tougher than you. But you're sitting on your couch going, oh he clearly does not care. Frustrates the hell out of me. And another thing I have to air my grievances on as well too. Speaking of football. It's college football bowl season. You want to know what I would love to see? More bowl games above the Mason-Dixon line. Listen, I don't understand why so many games get to be held. And like, listen, I get Florida, Texas, and California, Arizona in the winter are big travel spots. I get it. But there are so many goddamn games that get to take place below the Mason-Dixon line, that it's ridiculous. I would like to see them host different bowl games in different spots. Like, okay, so you have the Cotton Bowl be held in Dallas, Texas. That region should be good to go. Like, they get that region. Like, fine. Like, but then Fort Worth shouldn't get to host another bowl game as well, too. Like, I think the Armed Forces Bowl were... It was held, like, somewhere else in Texas. I think El Paso gets a bowl game. Uh, I believe Houston might get a bowl game. And then Louisiana. Uh, the Superdome gets to host two bowl games. It's like, why is there a Louisiana bowl anyway? It's like, 
the bowl game that Louisiana should get to host is the Sugar Bowl. Not that hard, right? You host it in the Superdome. Louisiana Sugar. But time and time again, not that hard. You know, let the Rose Bowl be held out in California, right? All that stuff. Hawaii Bowl gets held in Hawaii. Fine. Hawaii, that's their one spot. But it's just so dumb where it's like the entire South gets littered in bowl games. And then they have the advantage of all two of being able to travel. Like, it's a lot easier for people to travel if their team's from the South. Like, say if a team from Florida has to only travel to Florida. Well, yeah, it's going to be so easy for them to make that trip. So Atlanta's got like the Celebration Bowl. And then also, too, I think they got to host the college football playoff or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but it's like... You know, a couple years ago, I think the new era uh, pinstripe bowl gets is held in New York. That's fine. Uh, Boston, the Fenway Park, the Fenway Bowl gets to be held. That's cool because it's like, oh, it's a new bowl game and it's an interesting setup. I like it. You know, you got the little Caesars Bowl, I believe, still being held in Detroit. And that makes sense because it's a dome and that's fine. But it's like you have, if they're so worried about, oh, we're worried about the cold. It's like... You can host it in other spots. Like, there are other areas that have domes. This is what frustrates me. So, like, I believe Boise State gets to host uh, the Idaho Potato Bowl, I believe. If not, then I believe the Idaho Dome might get it or something like that. But it's like, you know, L.A. does not need five bowl games. Florida does not need 30. Like, Florida can get a couple. That's fine. But, like, you could sprinkle that stuff throughout the, you know the uh throughout the map the united states map right you know like the independence bowl maybe instead of hosting it in shreveport it could be held in you know in missouri because when i think uh, you know independence there's you know missouri or you know the armed forces bowl soldier field could clearly host a game since it's literally called soldier field and was dedicated for you know those guys it just doesn't make sense for me to have all these bowl games be hosted in these spots and they only get full load like filled a little bit like i would go to a bowl game if it was around the area i like college football i like you know bowl season i like watching the stuff there's a game near the area i would probably go to it like so as someone in wisconsin maybe i get lucky if like you know the letters if uh detroit ford field hosts a game but like north dakota has the fargo dome Minnesota Vikings just have a new stadium. U.S. Bank Stadium could clearly host a game. Why not Soldier Field? Why not Lambeau Field, for God's sakes? Lambeau Field could easily host a bowl game. I just hate how it's like, oh, we're worried about the cold weather. It's like, have you not seen winter before? Like, how many times does a big snowstorm roll through the Midwest and Texas gets cold, Louisiana gets cold? Literally, all the bowl games right now are like 40 degrees because there's just this big Arctic air mass that went through and it's just a bunch of places are cold but it just blows my mind that no place in the midwest really gets to host a bowl game other than maybe detroit i'm gonna have to look it up right now and bear with me but it's like indianapolis the uh not the rca dome but the uh ah, what's that bowl uh colts stadium is called lucas oil stadium there we go like, they host the Big Ten Championship. They could easily host the, like, a bowl game as well, too. And, like, a bunch of, like, 30, Florida does not need 30 bowl games, all right? Like, I get, like, maybe for, like, January and, like, the holidays, like, yeah, you could do that. But, like, these early bowl games, you could put a couple up in the Midwest. And, you know, like, so you got the Colts Stadium. So, 
is or does Ford Field have a bowl game this season? But like a couple years ago, I think the Red Box Bowl got to be hosted out in San Francisco. Yep, 2022 Quick Lane Bowl. Monday, December 26th. See? That's a game that could be held in the Midwest. It's like there's so many other like venues they could clearly host it. If you want to host, and like I've been noticing that ballparks have been, you know, hosting stadiums. Like, I don't understand why. And see, this is what pisses me off. They have, I think, the Chase Bowl or something like that or the Phoenix Bowl something like that. Where it's held at Chase Stadium. And baseball stadiums sometimes are kind of a little weird at hosting, you know, football games. Because it's designed, you know, the stadium is literally designed for, you know, a view of home plate. And not an actual football field. But I've noticed that they can host games. Why can't Miller Park host a game? If it's got a retractable roof, you know, you can clearly seat a bunch of people in it. Like, they, ha I think they have a big enough outfield for it. They could clearly mess around and do some stuff. And then it's like, boom, that's another... Midwest Bowl. I mean, for crying out loud, you, you clearly call it the Coors Light Bowl or something like that, or the Miller High Life Bowl. Have a beer sponsor it from the area, and that's all that you gotta do. But, like, what's the point of Arizona, like, hosting the Cheez-It Bowl and, like, only having a little bit when they're already gonna host the Fiesta Bowl on top of it? Like, Arizona's main thing is they get the Fiesta Bowl, okay? It should either be held in a cool stadium or or, like, should be spread throughout the map. I think Seattle should get to host a bowl game. Uh, you know, maybe maybe even take it, you know, outside of, like, you know, the U.S. or something like that. God, because I think there's a bowl game that gets held outside. But, like, maybe you have a game down in Mexico. Maybe you have a game in Jamaica. Uh, maybe you host it out in England or something like that. You know, college has done where they've done those trips overseas before to Ireland, but maybe that's how you get people to less opt out of bowl games before. I'm going to look this up now. Is there a bowl game that is hosted outside the U.S.? Let's see. Oh, yes. They have the Bahamas Bowl. That's a good one. But I think there's also like a meter Myrtle Beach Bowl and all that. And it's just like Miami gets to host one because, you know, they have the Orange Bowl, obviously. It's like if Miami gets the Orange Bowl, then like that should probably cancel like all the rest of the stuff in there. But like Tampa, I'm fine with hosting one because they get the Outback Bowl. But like Tampa, I think right now actually has two games right now because they have the Gasparilla Bowl. It's like, why does Tampa get to host two? If you're a big stadium... You just get to host your one and that's it. Spread the shit out through other people. Like, it's not fair. Like, sorry that I am in a cold weather climate. But you could clearly host the game in Minnesota. They've got the stadium. They've got the dome for it. Why not do it? Or just host it at a cool venue. For crying out loud. Like, San Antonio's got, I believe, the uh, Astrodome or something like that. You could host it there. Host a bowl game there. But it just doesn't make sense to constantly just host it like through. I think Birmingham gets one, which I'm fine with. I think Tennessee maybe might have two, actually, which would kind of blow my mind because that's not a cold weather area. But it's just like, I just hate it when it's like they just park all the bowl games in the south. It's like, you can host some stuff in the north as well, too. and Because it just don't make sense to have all these bowl games where it's only, you know, crowds are a fourth full for them. It's like, maybe if you spread them out, and then that way you could kind of gear up the tickets and, you know, have people be closer 
to the bowl games because I'm sure if like you had here's what you gotta do like a big tent you know how I just mentioned 20, like five minutes ago that maybe Miller Park should get to host a bowl game say you have a big 10 school and maybe you have a big 12 school or something like that that's not that far of a drive for them like they could easily do that like that's enough like close enough for uh, geographical purposes that they could clearly make it Indianapolis, I think, for like some of those uh, northern Kentucky or schools, can easily make that trip. And I also think it's dumb that like you know these bowl games are basically based off of seeding. You know, in my eyes, like sure, I wouldn't want a nine and two bowl uh, team going up against a five and seven team. But you know, maybe instead of having a nine and two team go up against a nine and two team, maybe you mess around and you have the bowl be you know a little bit closer to each team stadium so that way they can host you know have more people be there and then that way it's a little bit more of a better game or like more fans are filled like in the stadiums but that's just kind of my my thing about it but we'll have to see what happens with college football and the extended bowl games because i think now with them having 12 teams it's like they are not using the the big New Year's Six Bowls until the quarterfinals, but then they're rotating them or something like that. But I think that's just kind of dumb. Because all that you got to do is just have it be like, you know, okay, let's just make sure all our New Year's Six like bowl games are filled up. And then, you know, the other teams that, you know, maybe it's not... Because, let's see, you got six bowl games for, you know, that are considered the big bowl games for college football, right? If you spread them out for the playoff teams and say you have leftover teams that still have to play, you can easily make it like another big bowl game. Slap a sponsorship on it. Sometimes I think the NCAA likes to trip on their own two feet about this stuff. They probably didn't even need to expand it to 12. They could have either done 8 or 16, but then they randomly went with 12. Fine, whatever the bowl or the playoff season need to get expanded. But we could easily work around. Sometimes it's like they kind of go like, all right, nope, we're going full steam ahead on this and it's like well all you got to do is just slightly adjust this stuff and you'll be good but sometimes people like to think you know what they're with uh you know just with the bottom dollar and all this and that's what frustrates me when it comes to all these sports i like if you've listened to this podcast you can clearly tell i enjoy sports right but what frustrates me is these sports are not run by people that want that like love the sport there should be a players union a owner's group and also a fan representation as well too because it just frustrates me because at the end of the day obviously i get money's gonna drive this stuff but when these uh sport leagues make decisions that are just solely based off of money it doesn't help the game and like that when you make decisions that help the game that's how you're gonna make the money but it just gets so short-sighted and they see the dollar signs that they make these decisions not worrying about, you know, how is this going to affect, you know, fan appreciation, revenue, all that. And it's like the same thing. I've bitched about it before with Amazon Prime. Amazon's like, here's a bunch of money, NFL. And they're like, well, okay, great. And it's like, congrats. You're just starting to slowly alienate your group of watchers that are like the reason why this sport goes wrong. Yeah, you see that short-sighted, you know, big money deal. But if you keep slowly pissing people off over the years, look at baseball. Baseball was the number one sport at some point, but they found a way to keep pissing off their fan base, and their fan base has slowly went away. 
guess what's not the number one sport anymore? Baseball. Football's clearly going to do the same thing. They're over. They're overgrowing it. They're making it homogenized. They're having it be on way too much. And it's like, because they're only seeing, you know, the short-term dollar revenue, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. But it's like they're not being smart about the future of the game. That's why I think the NBA is just so smart about what they do. Like, yeah, there's some moments where it's like Adam Silver, eh, maybe it's not smart. And I, or maybe it's not the smartest decision he'll make. But it seems like they understand. Hmm, how do we continue to grow the game? How do we make our players happy? Because they understand. Players are what's going to drive the fans out to spend the money on it. It's not that hard. Fans pay to see the players. Players perform well. At the end of the day, it all goes back to the owners. And it just frustrates me when it's like, if it's a decision that's going to cost them money, it's like they don't care about it. That's what frustrates me. And it's like, again, you want to talk about streaming services pissing pissing fans off? You want to know what else is pissing fans off? These shitty blown calls that seem to happen all the time. And there's no accountability for any of it. And it's like you clearly have the technology where it's like, hey, we should look back and look at this stuff. But like they just each year, they just keep going through it. And it's like you're slowly going to keep pissing people off. And they're not going to come out as much and like, you know, watch all this stuff. It's like, keep it, keep alienating your fans. WWE, prime example of this. WWE used to get so many viewership from Monday Night Raw. But then each year, it's like it progressively got worse and it got worse. And they kept alienating their fans. And it's like, oh, you guys aren't going to leave. And viewership just slowly dwindled over the years. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, God, ratings are really bad. What do we do to fix it? It's like, it's not a short-term fix. You have to slowly build things back up. You just can't be like, all right, you know, let's get 5 million views. It's like, you have to clearly work towards that. It's not that hard, but instead they're just like, oh, God, uh, you know, we're panicking. We're losing money. How do we gain money? Let's make this short-term decision. It's like, you got to make long-term decisions. That's going to help your product the best. And it just frustrates me. So it's like you have all these blown calls. Roughing the passer is a joke. Pass interference seems like they can't call it. The entire stadium can see it, except for the ref that's standing on the field. They went, they did the replay thing for a year, but then that turned into a joke because then you had these officials that didn't want to admit they were wrong. And it's like, ugh, hire these officials full-time, get them trained, and like make the playbook simpler, and have the replay technology to help them out, for God's sakes. Instead of every week where it's like these talk shows are like, oh, what do you want? What's the blown call we need to gripe about this week? I would rather talk about the fun, exciting action that happens because football is so fun to watch. But it's like if you have all these shitty calls, then it's not going to be fun because then it just frustrates you. And I always say if something's frustrating you and you have the power to just walk away from it, walk away from it. It's not that hard. But, hey, if the NFL wants to slowly, you know, watch it, it watch slowly doing it, go for it. Fuck around and find out, all right? It just frustrates me. Because, again, I care about the stuff, but clearly people don't, and they get short-sighted by it. And it just frustrates me. Because it's like all they have to do is just, like, the stuff that I ripped about with the bowl games, you know, it's just all, like, little stuff. That's all what people have to do. Little fixes, and they could clearly make everything right, but instead they just wager on because all what they care about is getting their money. It just frustrates me. And they don't make any, you know, they don't make any adjustments and everything like that. And it just frustrates me. Anyway, that's going to do it, though, for the airing of the Grievance Podcast episode. 
I hope you guys were able to air some grievances out uh, today uh, while you were stuck inside. And if you're in a warm weather climate, well, congratulations. I hope you enjoyed it and got some sun. By the way, I would like to point out to everybody, today is Festivus. All right, I've been seeing some people share some stuff about friends. Uh, the friends meme that it's Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Or it's Christmas Eve, Eve. Yes, which, yes, by rule, technically it is. And yes, it's fun for friends' uh, case point of view. Uh, in my eyes, uh, today is Festivus, all right? You have Festivus, then you have Christmas Eve, then you have Christmas. And then Boxing Day, which also blows my mind why there isn't uh, an actual boxing match on Boxing Day. Uh, blows my mind. If I was a fight promoter, I would clearly promote it on Boxing Day because most people are going to have the 26th. Or, or like, just, it'd be easy. It'd be an easy sell. I feel like a lot of people would have it and just, you know, it would write itself. Like, people would have the day off and just, you know, the marketing would sell itself. But, again, I'm not a fight promoter, so what the hell do I know? But that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of What Makes Me Mad. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.